Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back in, everybody, to a very special edition of the Strictly NFL podcast. It'll be a lot more like Strictly NCAA football today, as w- you see with me. Uh, I got Jeff, as usual, and then I'm also joined by Stacey Patton and Kurt. We are going to be breaking down everything with the college football playoff semifinals into the finals, um, talking about certain players on each team, all that good stuff. So just to get things started, I'm going to open it up to whoever wants to take it over. Just how are we doing? How are we feeling about these games? Stacy, if you want to go first, you're not muted, so. Very nervous, but um, but cautiously optimistic. The last time Michigan had to play an SEC, I'm a Michigan fan, for those who don't know. Last time we had to play an SEC team, um, as Kurt can attest to, um, I remember reading Georgia blogs before the game, and they were like, it's going to be a three-touchdown game. I was like, wow, there's no respect here. And it turned out it wasn't warranted. <laughs> Um, But I feel better about this one. Uh, I think Jalen Rillo is a heck of a player, and that's the one thing that I don't think Michigan's really seen. But I think it's going to be a great matchup in the trenches. And I think Washington-Texas is going to be – It's you know, I think Michigan-Alabama is going to be a great defensive battle. Washington-Texas, I think you're going to see maybe 30, 40 points from each side. Uh, I think it's going to be like – Florida State got screwed, I'll say that. But but I do think we're still going to get some really good games. The the Florida State thing is – like, if you don't acknowledge how stupid that was, that's just – I'm sorry. Like, Georgia is 20-point favorites against Florida State. No fucking reasonable person is like, Florida State should have gotten in because they're a top four team. No, dude. Like, it's just completely unprecedented. Ohio State made it in 2014 with a third-string quarterback. Bama won a national championship with a back-string quarterback. This shit, like, shit happens all the time. And if people are like, oh, well, Florida State looked different at the end of the season, Alabama needed a Hail Mary to beat – Auburn, who's worse than Florida. None of these reasons hold water. It was a terrible decision. Fine, Alabama's better. Guess guess who else is better than some of these teams in? Georgia. If Alabama should have gotten in. Georgia probably should have gotten in too. Like, it was just completely nonsensical. And, like, I think all four of us and most reasonable people watching can agree. I think we can just move on and talk about the games. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where only in college football, when it's ruled by the people who vote and ruled by the power makers who move the money around. Yeah. Of course, Bam was getting in. They're going to bring in the most eyeballs. They're going to bring it. It's an invitational. It's not a tournament. It's an invitational. And that that's where a lot of the disconnect comes because if you have any semblance of a heart and you read Jordan Travis's uh, tweet after the news got, the news came out that they didn't make the playoff. And he said, I wish I got injured earlier. You can't look me in the eye and tell me that that was a heartbreaking this, tweet to read. This is a honestly. this is not a free and fair system, and if, the sooner you understand that that the system is rigged in Alabama's favor, <coughs> then the sooner you just the SEC's favor. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> eh, no, I'm playing, but uh, I got I got to poke the poke the bear a little bit. But moving to the actual game and the fun stuff that's going to be on the field, I I agree with Stacy. I think these are going to be better than last year's playoff games, which were the first year we had two competitive semifinal games in the bowl season. I think both these teams match up incredibly well, especially with what they want to do on offense and defense. 
They both are kind of uh, technically all four are really power run for football teams first. Because if you watch Washington a lot of the season, it wasn't until they got Dylan Johnson rolling towards the end of the season that their offense started to click. They got healthy. That Eric, they had the flu early in the season. There was a lot of flu games going around this year. It was a gnarly flu season in football. Um, they want to, all four teams want to run the football. You know Texas wants to get established first. That's what Sark loves to do. Alabama is strictly a run team now. Their wide receivers aren't as deep as they were in the past. Their offensive line is fantastic. And they can um, they finally gotten their uh, running back room going along with Jalen Milrow. And then Michigan is Michigan is probably the more pass happy team of the four, if I'm gonna be honest. Uh, more than Washington? That's I don't know. Probably not more than Washington, but in terms of like where their ceiling goes, if Michigan's passing game clicks, their ceiling's higher. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Michigan, Michigan's going to struggle. I don't think they've seen a defense like Alabama's before. Uh, you guys need your defensive line to really hold up because Georgia's weakness all season was their defensive line, and they just got bullied off the point of attack that I haven't Pretty seen. Pretty good to say that too, right, by the way? Not really. I mean, considering all the talent we lost, and we we're, we started a bunch yeah. of super seniors. I mean, that's why it's crazy. Guys, like, I feel like there was – like Mina Kimes asked, what happened to Georgia's defensive – someone asked, what happened to Georgia's defensive line? And, like, 50,000 people retweeted it with, like, go watch the Eagles on Sunday, right? Like, exactly. It's the Eagles there. line. <laughs> uh, Stacey, uh, does, does McCarthy still use his legs at all? Like, I've watched every Michigan game, but you know how, like, when you're not really a fan, you, you don't really download that stuff sometimes. Is McCarthy still a threat to run like he used to be, or, or do they not do that as much? Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, I would imagine – so there's a couple of things there. I would imagine that the combine, a healthy McCarthy is running something like a 4-5, four, 4-5, four, four, range. Like, I think he's faster than, like, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he is a little skinnier, so there is a trade-off there. And when he puts on more weight, as he's still only 21. So imagine as he gets in the NFL, he'll look more like an Andrew Luck or an Aaron Rodgers running the ball where he can do it, but maybe not like a Lamar Jackson type, but they use them when they're really clicking. They are the Baltimore Ravens. That is, there is no coincidence. There is literally a genetic relation there, right? Um, you know, they, they have, you know, when, when Harbaugh reinvented the team, he took the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator, uh, defense coordinator, sorry, Mike McDonald, um, or sorry, the current Mike, Mike McDonald is the current defense coordinator. He was a linebackers coach for the Ravens. He hired him, and they reinvented it around their style of running game. And McCarthy has really thrived when they've used him as a runner. The two things I would say is they don't use him a lot on def- – they haven't used him a ton on design runs uh, in a lot of games for a couple of reasons. One, against teams like Rutgers, where they know they can just run the ball without that and they, they're going to win. And that's let's be frank, they haven't faced a tough schedule. The QB runs are off. Uh, and then later in the season, they'll use him against Ohio State. They'll use him against Penn State. They'll use him against a team like Iowa. But he was hurt, so there was a little bit of a limiting factor there. He had an ankle injury. Um, it appears it's it's at full strength. He had like a long scramble against Ohio State. The speed is there. He definitely has the speed to be a part of that. And I think against Alabama, they're going to have to do that. Um, that's really what changed the offense in the second half against TCU. You know, they were down twenty-one-six going to halftime. They started getting McCarthy on the edge. He had a long. 25, 30 yard touchdown run against them. That also opened up the interior running game. Um, so to answer your question, yes, the the legs are definitely a factor. Yeah. I'll, so I'll, before we go, I, I just want to yeah, let me. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry, I just want to say, you know, my younger brother is 
he went to Alabama, big Alabama guy. I feel like all of any of the input I'm going to be able to give here, it's going to be related to Alabama. And in pretty much the entire Nick Saban era, I think you could argue that the thing they've struggled with the most relative to talent discrepancy is a quarterback who is a dual threat. You know, Georgia beat him last year. I think that was, besides Clemson in 2018, one of the first times when I said, you know what, I don't think Alabama is the most talented team on this field. I think Georgia was a better team than Alabama. The, and even then, you know, Alabama could have won that game in the fourth quarter. They, I think that's reasonable to say. Clemson, they got demolished in 2018 by Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence back then was a more mobile quarterback. And Nick Saban had to account for that, had no answers. It created all these passing lanes. 2014, Cardale Jones, 2016, Deshaun Watson. All these guys had one thing in common, and that's that Nick Saban had to account for both the quarterback running and the quarterback passing. I just don't think he's his, – his defense is so traditional. I don't think he's ever really – I think that's his one kryptonite he has not figured out. And I think that if Michigan wins um, next Monday – it's or Sunday, whatever, New Year's Day. Um, it's going to be because you see McCarthy getting outside the pocket, having some designed runs work out. That'll really open up some of the passing lanes for him because, you know, I know Michigan's a one and a half point favorite. Part of me does believe that Alabama still has a small talent advantage. And the way to mitigate that is by using McCarthy's legs. Sorry to interrupt you, Kurt. No, that's fine. And I, I agree where I think when you look at the tradition, Look at Kirby Smart's defenses. Look at the teams that have beaten Georgia. And look at the teams that have beaten Alabama. They are quarterbacks with elite sack avoidance. Not even so much just dual threat. But it's like I've become more a fan of as I've been evaluating quarterbacks. Is Sack avoidance is a skill. It's, yes, the, ex, the extension of the plays, the Caleb Williams running around in the backfield for 11 minutes is not feasible. But sack avoidance, being able to turn on a dime. Pocket awareness. Exactly. Like you see that, you feel that pressure coming off the edge, you bail out. That's something McCarthy's gotten a lot better at. This is where he can earn his money. He can be a top 10 quarterback if he plays well in this game. And I really don't think that shouldn't be a hot take. But no. he can if he if he beats Alabama, which in my opinion is the best defense in the country, they have talent like Caleb Downs <clears throat> talent all over the board on that defense. Especially because I think I think Alabama uh, Michigan is lacking a little bit in the weapons department in terms of on the outside, and I'm sure Stacey can refute that. But going to what Jeff said, I don't think it's a slight talent advantage for Alabama. What is the number one stat and the biggest predictor in college football national championships is blue chip ratio, and that is the number of recruits on your roster that are of a certain caliber according to the standard review, the standard recruiting metrics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's not everything in a second. But Michigan needs. Well, what was Jordan Davis rated? What? What was Jordan Davis's star rating out of high school? Three. It was a three star. So <laughs> Michigan has a guy named Kenneth Grant who's about the same size as Jordan Davis, and he ran down Catron Allen from Penn State in the open field with a ten yard lead, um, and he moves like that, and he is there. He is. He doesn't even start technically. Their two, their defensive tackles are Chris Jenkins, who, if you follow the draft, he's he's a late first round, maybe early second round pick. Um, Mason Graham is probably their best defensive tackle, and and I think that's the big difference. Um, the last time Michigan went in against an SEC team against Georgia, they lost for two big reasons. One, they got dominated in the trenches. That has not happened in the last three seasons to anyone else, and no one else, not even Ohio State, has been. And they have. They had all the stars too, right? They got all the five stars everywhere. 
Ohio State has not been able to win in the trenches. This year is a lot closer, but they haven't been able to do that. That year, Michigan, they had two elite defensive ends. They had Aiden Hutchinson and David David Ajabo would have been a first-round pick towards Achilles before the combine, but was mocked top 10 a lot. Um, but they were soft up the middle. They had a freshman, the true freshman starting a middle linebacker. They had two, they had Mozzie Smith, who ended up going first round a year later, hadn't quite taken the leap. Uh, and then they had a bunch of guys who had held up against teams like Ohio State, because Ohio State isn't really an interior running team as much. Georgia washed them out. Uh, and on the other side, Georgia is the only team I've ever seen uh, in recent memory who was able to say, we're going to play six in the box. Come run, come run at Jordan Davis. Come run at Jalen Carter. Try, try yeah. and double Jalen Carter. See how that works out for you. And didn't, right? Uh, this year, it's going I, to be – it is different. Go ahead, sorry. But my, I wasn't finished with my point. Michigan meets the criteria okay. for winning a national championship. They have – I believe the number last year going into the season was 54% of their roster are blue chips, which is very good. That's like one of six teams in the country. So they've done the legwork on the recruiting trail. Alabama, for better or worse, you can – I will hear every criticism about the recruiting star discrepancy. And you go to Bama, you get a bet. All that stuff is valid. Bama, Bama recruits. That's one thing they do really well. And they stockpile talent. So seeing a multi-layer defense like that, I think if, if you strip away the rankings and look at it fresh, I think Bama would probably be a 1.5 point favorite or maybe a pick them. I think the one point the one point five is kind of a and most of the money is on Alabama at this point, so Vegas is kind of but it's skewing that a little bit. To your point, I do agree. Where I think Michigan's defense and I think Michigan's talent is a lot deeper than people are giving them credit for, especially when you saw the injury at the front, um, the guard who got hurt. Exactly. Yeah, he's their best lineman, so that's a big exactly being able to do that and play well against the defense like Iowa the next week, give them time. I buy it. I buy him. I listen. I'm not, when I say I'm not, I'm not trying to, I came off as critical, no, but I, I, kind of how I am when I talk about teams that are at the top level, because you kind of have to look at them with the critical. And, and those are, those, those are the differentiators. So I, exactly, I would say that. Yeah. The, and, and the trenches are the one are the biggest difference where I think they are, they really have, they won the Joe Moore that award that year, but, they really only had one draft prospect mm-hmm. this year. You know, Trevor Keegan, um, Zach Zinter before he got hurt, Trent a. Jones. Like they, they, they are loaded and they have the who's size. Your QB, really who's your cornerback one? Because that guy stood out when I watched Michigan State. Will Ohio. Johnson. When Michigan, yeah, when I watched Michigan Ohio Will State, Johnson, yeah, he is a five. I thought he was really good, and I think he's a five star recruit. He's a true sophomore. He's gotten comps to Charles Woodson. But, um, but I think. Number two. With the, with the presence of an elite cornerback, it really shifts how you're allowed to play on defense. Because now, listen, Alabama has a good wide receiver class. They just don't have anyone on the level of Marvin Harrison Jr. or these top wide receiver recruits. So being able to hopefully 1v1 someone like Jermaine Burton with uh, your, that player, Ro Johnson? Will Johnson, yeah. Ro Johnson, um, Johnson. Is going to help in terms of, okay, maybe we can cheat. Maybe maybe the nickel can be a little bit more in, and maybe we can spy a little more. So having a that, dominant that's, that's, corner really changes how you allowed to play the back end of your defense against a team that doesn't have the greatest uh, wide receivers secondary. and a quarterback who's still not accurate. Miller's gotten a lot better, but and, and I think that's that's 
and it's it's I, that's how I think. So how Michigan has played all year, they are very multiple. So up front, they have great elite defensive tackles. They love to stunt, right? Yeah. Um, so they have they, their defensive ends are good. They're not Aiden Hutchinson, but they are pretty good. They go they so they they rotate five guys at defensive tackle. They rotate four different guys at defensive end. The the four guys at defensive end play all fifty percent of the snaps pretty much. So they're they're not only all starters basically. At defensive tackles, you have three guys who play a majority of the snaps, but the other two are, are very and they had four guys in the in the top ten of PFF. Um, they play a lot of games and in the in they don't go a lot cover one yet. So that's why I was I didn't interrupt, but like they don't go a lot of cover one. They brought it the, the pick that Will Johnson had that, that ended up being the difference making touchdown. They went cover one and Ohio State threw an RPO because they're used to Michigan playing soft, giving up the inside slant. They they changed it up on them, right? And um, so Jesse Minter, the, the defense coordinator, has has called amazing games against Ohio State the last two years, held CJ Stroud somehow with Marvin Harrison to 23 points. Um, they're very that's what they're going to do against Milrow because Milrow, you want to make him sit in the pocket while your rush gets there and make him read a defense and, um, and, and not allow, not allow him to break the pocket, of course. Uh, that's what they want to do, right? And that's what they're really adept at. The other thing they're adept at is with mobile quarterbacks, when you don't know where the rush lane is going to be, having those stunts. So I think that's going to be a key part of the game plan for them. Um, in, you know, in, in and I think so. The, the main differences between the last time they played an SEC team were the trenches, and they had a very limited quarterback that year, right? This year they don't. Um, they have JJ McCarthy, and early in the season, Michigan was actually a much more effective team in the air because most teams tried to follow the TCU blueprint, you know, load up the box. Like I said, the only team that doesn't that stops Michigan's running game without loading up the box has been Georgia, uh, because they just had. 20,000 first round picks in their front seven. Um, but everyone else has been jamming up their linebackers to stop. Duo is Michigan's favorite play. They want to do, they want to double team your, your tackles, get up to the second level. And if you throw a linebacker into that double, it prevents them from doing that. It turns those potential big gains or five yard gains into two yard gains where you're just too much, too much mess at the scrimmage. You want to stretch. And so they had to, what they their counter to that was play action, and they were very effective as a play action team early in the year when teams started playing conservative and take and and by the way on the outside I will say, um, Kurt you were, you were, they don't have elite talent with the exception of one guy, um, they they're, they're two their their main threats in the receiving game they have a guy named Rowan Wilson he's about six feet tall probably a third round pick but he's a true sub four four guy, um, he's I, I would he's, say Stacy I I think. With like how good Tank Dell has been, with how good like uh, he hasn't put up stats, but like Wanda Robinson has had his flashes. I think Roman Wilson's probably like a second round pick. I know it's yeah. not sprints, but like he's legit. He might run like a four three five too. Yeah, he's got the speed. He's he's actually pretty good at contested catches. Like he can jump. He's got good hands, um, and like he's a pretty good route runner. I think he's underrated there. But it really, when you look at those kind of speed guys, all you really need is a hitch and then a double move. If you have those two, you're gonna you're gonna draw safety. Um, so they have him. They have Donovan Edwards out of the backfield. He's a lot like Curtis Samuel, where he's not the greatest in between the tackles runner. Um, I think his future really in the NFL. I think eventually one day he'll be converted to slot receiver. But he's pr- probably close to a four four guy, if not below that. Uh, runs great routes, great hands. I think they're going to try to get him isolated on an Alabama safety or linebacker and try to exploit that. Uh, and then the other thing they really love to do in the passing game is 
you know, I think it's part of this, the, you know, you mentioned recruiting. With recruiting, I think there's certain positions where you can't really develop them the same way, right? A cornerback, he just has to be the fastest guy in the field. You're just not, like, if you cannot, in the, in the age of NIL, Michigan struggles there. Wide mm -hmm. receiver, same thing. Those 6'4", 4'4", guys like Marvin Harrison, it's, there's, so what they realized, on offense at least, is, well, what do the 6'4 guys give you? They give you those contested catch, red zone targets, you know, they can stretch the field. Well, we can stretch the field with Coltis and Loveland, not because he runs a 4-4, but because the guy he's running against, relative to him, he does run a 4-4, right, if he's matched up on a linebacker. So he can demand a safety, right, and he can block. Um, and then their, the receivers tend to be more smaller but, but, sh but very shifty and, and great um, and, and speed guys. Uh, and that's how they try to attack you. Um, so that, that they've kind of tried to moneyball the whole recruiting thing, given their deficiencies there. Uh, but I, I did want to throw it back to you, Khan. I know you're a Giants fan. Giants are uh, are looking at a quarterback this year, and I, I know you're you're a much better prospect evaluator than me. What are your thoughts on JJ? Uh, because I do think him and Milrow, I think, are ultimately going to decide this game. Yeah, I think JJ is why I would pick Michigan to win. First of all. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Loveland because I think when people talk about Michigan's weapons, he's a guy who doesn't get enough love, like for the athlete that he is at tight end. Love um, I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm rubbing but, off on you, Conzi. I'm so, I, look. I, I watch you know Loveland run routes up the sideline and catch goal balls, and I'm like, okay, if you could do this at six four six five, I'm into you. <clears throat> but with JJ, I I think JJ is going to be a legitimate NFL quarterback when he gets there. Um, if he's going to declare this year, I'm, I'm not sure just because they found a way to keep quorum for the season and just with NIL money being there, I would still declare, but I think it gets a little bit rockier when you, you know, you're part of the team, you've been through the wars he's been through with, with everybody over there. So, um, but I think if he stays another year, I think he's like a locked top three pick, honestly. Um, I think next year. If he was to stay, I think the conversation is between him and Milrow, potentially Cam Ward, if he was to go to, like, an OSU. Um, Ewers is staying, too. Quinn Ewers from... You, yeah, he'll, he'll stay. Um, what about the SEC runner-up? What about the SEC leader in QBR? <laughs> Beckins. Carson Beck. Yeah, Beckins. Beckins. That's not for who the Beck tolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um... But I think McCarthy is just the guy like NFL teams are going to love. He throws already with anticipation. Like, I know you can testify to that, Stacey. Um, when it comes to even guys like J like a Jaden Daniels, I think McCarthy is a better processor right now. And it's really not that much of a discussion. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I love him. Um, and he's not small, right? Like, you, you talked about how he's probably run like a 4'6". He doesn't have to put on weight, in my opinion, when he gets to the league. I think he'll be fine with, at the weight that he's at right now. Yeah, I can agree with that. And going back to Stacy's point about Loveland, um, and Jeff can also comment on this, one, one thing in college especially is if you got that alpha dog receiver, that alpha that you can stretch and impact defenses, because another thing that's underrated in those, yes, you need a great mobile quarterback to beat Nick Saban. The Ole Miss teams had Laquan Treadwell and, um, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking? D.K. Metcalf. And A.J. Brown. And Te A. Brown. Like, Texas A&M had Mike Evans when they won with Johnny. Uh, 
Texas this year had Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. Georgia had Brock Bowers and a one-legged George Pickens, and that was enough. And it's <laughs> like Clemson's receiver run from 2014 to 2019 was absurd. Like You're talking you know, like Watkins, um, T. Higgins, all them, right? I think yeah, Watkins was a little it, earlier. You right? just need one guy who can – because this is – remember, this is college. Differences – those minute def- differences matter. The difference between a CB2 and a CB3 is a lot bigger in college, where if you can, like, match up hunt and get them confused and find ways to feed your star players, that's going to be a big deal. And having a guy like that over the middle against an Alabama team that has good safeties, very good safeties, yeah, is going to be huge. That's probably going to be the matchup to watch and see what what – um, Michigan's offensive coordinator does with isolating Dallas Turner, knowing where he is at all times, and with Caleb Downs, knowing where those play, play records are and drawing plays to exploit that, that's what you have to do, especially when you have when you have a guy like Loveland or a guy like Wilson who can, one, take the top off the defense. And you do they run the same side? Because I feel like you could do some fun safety. Yeah, th- so one of the concepts they love to run is dagger. So um, for those unfamiliar, dagger is where you have kind of the number two receiver run a, a fly, essentially. Uh, and so draw that middle safety, and then you have the outside receiver running in, right? They love to do this with Wilson as the deep guy, but they'll do it with Loveland too because you know that the like the, the linebacker is going to need help, right? So yeah. um, like I was saying, functionally, he can be a deep threat, um, unless you put a corner on him. And if you put a corner on him, then you're running into when they run their t- that That's really the, the pickle that Michigan puts teams in, right? It's like, how do you match up personnel-wise? We know that Bama wants to go. They really love their dime package. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that because Michigan's Michigan wants to throw to their tight ends. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting thing where um, – and, and, and I don't think Bama goes three linebackers a whole lot. So if they go with, with – um, you know, if they go with kind of nickel or, or dime, Michigan's going to run the ball. And if they have to match up a linebacker on Loveland, uh, or even A.J. Barner's a secondary tight end, transfer from, uh, from Indiana, he's pretty damn good in the receiving game too. Um, you know, he's I guess our Darnell Washington for for. Uh... He's, he's your big blocker. He's your big blocking. No, guy. He, but he's a, well. Darnell Washington was a hell of a pass catcher too, right? So um, he was okay. He was much better as a run blocker, and I think yeah. he yeah. So Barner's the better blocker. Loveland is good as a blocker but he's probably closer to bowers in that sense where he's not like he's a pass elite. catcher yeah he's, he's more of a pass catcher but he can block he'll, he'll get in there uh and you they're not gonna play for jim harbaugh if you if you don't right it's like the, the tip thing with <laughs> yeah, if you can't defend yeah. um that but, was actually um, the biggest turnaround in george's passing game is once our receivers who could block turned into our receivers who could catch yeah because you don't get on the field if you don't block and if you're gonna want to run pl- i don't sorry I'll, I'll get distracted with like formation stuff and <laughs> Kirby Smart's weird obsession with blocking wide receivers. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it's and it's going to come down to, I think a lot of it is going to come down to, last year, the first half, the biggest frustration we ask any Michigan fan is, so you mentioned the offensive coordinator. They didn't run J.J. at all. They didn't get outside. They kept they, they felt like they could just pummel TCU. In the first run of the game, they got 50 yards with Donovan Edwards. Uh, but that water was shut off. They, they ran seven play-action passes last year against TCU. They went five for seven, 126 yards and a touchdown, and probably another touchdown that should have counted. We're not gonna, I'm gonna rehash that. It should have counted. Uh, but the point is, the seven is the big. Why did you only run seven play action passes? You can say they were behind in the second half, but they're still running the ball. That's this threat is still there. 
And that has been probably the one frustration is they don't run enough play action. Part of it has been the pass blocking hasn't been great um, on the right side. Uh, you know, they had Carson Barnard out there after center got injured. He moved in. I think his backup is actually a better tackle than him. Uh, I, but you know, that aside, like Michigan is going to have to be more creative. That's what it comes down to. How, how much you're going to use JJ, how, how, how much you're going to get him involved uh, and how much play action you're going to run because if those linebackers even have to think and how much motion are you going to use, right? Make those line like, cause Alabama has all of these checks in their coverage. They're the most probably complex secondary in the, the NFL and uh, the NFL uh, the, the, in the <laughs> college. And are you getting them thinking? Because if you just stand, come at them from, you know, straight up, they're going to, you're not causing that kind of confusion. If their linebackers have to hesitate, if they love to bring Caleb Downs in and help in the run game, right? You make them hesitate or you can burn them with Loveland. That's really where it's going to come down to. And with JJ keeping sometimes that's because you're not going to, because I think they're going to want to run the ball. And I, I do think on the interior, I actually, I don't like def- Alabama's defensive tackles the way I've liked their previous defensive tackles. They're usually stacked on the, up, on the in, in the interior. I think in the interior, even with Zinter out, I think Michigan has an advantage of great center. Our left guard, Trevor Keegan is just as good as Zinter uh, or close to it. Michigan has some advantages there, but because of how aggressive Alabama's linebackers and safeties are, it's not going to be something where you're getting five yards of carry. You're going to, you're going to eat some stuffs. You're going to be churning out three or four yards to open that up a little bit. How, how willing are you going to be to go to early down play action? That's the key. When Michigan does that, they're pretty close to unstoppable to defend. Um, but they haven't always gone to it. And and I think that's a, that's a big swing factor. There's a, there's a conundrum when you play great teams like Alabama and teams that have just kind of been there. And it's like, you need to balance playing not to lose. You need to balance risk management. And I think that's what a lot of teams do is they find something that works, do it. And then don't account for the fact that Alabama, like you, you start what teams do against good teams is they tighten up and this was I had this problem with uh, what was it Penn State Mich- Penn State Ohio State when I was watching that game. There was a special teams play that cost Penn State like fifty yards in a six point game. I think the dude let a punt that was on the yeah Ohio State was punting from their own goal line. The guy let the ball go over his head and it bounced to the twenty five. You could have got that ball on the forty five in a short in a little mistakes like that matters so much and that's something i've noticed from michigan the last three years is they're very very clean they don't beat themselves a lot